My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Welcome to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. I'm Cam. And I'm Robert. In every episode, we're bringing you faith stories and fishing memories from some amazing members of the fishing community. So join us as we shed a positive light on all things faith and fishing. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. I'm Cam. Hey, and I'm Robert. And we are back after a week uh, week break. Hopefully you were able to get caught up on some older episodes of the podcast or or go in, uh, and enjoy some other podcasts that you typically don't have time to listen to because you're too busy listening to Faith and Fishing. But um, but hopefully you're able to to get caught up on something and we're able to enjoy that. Um, Robert, how was... How has it been? It's, it feels like it's been a very long time since we've had you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I was out uh, last time, and then we skipped a week. Uh, man, it's just been busy. Um, so uh, both kids are still um, playing school ball. So there's practices and games every night. And then, um, you know, just getting up working and trying to still do stuff at uh, – uh, the beach place to get it ready to rent out for the summer. So uh, not a whole lot of spare minutes in the day, but you know, that's just, that's the way it is. So it's all <laughs> good. They get to fish one tournament and uh, zeroed on that. That was like Macintosh. Uh, we can talk about that later if we want, but <laughs> that's about all the fishing I, that I've done. It's just that one and uh, didn't really do anything on that one. So, I hear you. I was, I was able to go uh, to Dale Hollow in Tennessee. I've been talking about this trip for a long time. Been looking forward to it for a long time, and uh, I was not able to get my smallmouth, but I was able to add two new species uh, to my life list, which brings me up to forty-eight species. These are the first two I get to add from out of state. Um, those being the flathead catfish and the spotted bass, like true spotted bass, not the Alabama spotted bass, but the true spotted bass. Um, but did not do well in the tournament, but I had a good trip. Um, got to, got to meet some new people and, uh, got to, uh, got to connect with the paddle and fin crew and kind of actually get to meet them in person. Um, and, and have conversations with them. That was awesome. I will say Matt Souders is a lot taller in person than I expected him to be. Um, <laughs> he's like six, two, six, three. And I was not expecting that. Um, and, uh, I was able to, you know, have a, a sit down and, uh, amongst our, our table was Christine Fisher. So I was able to, to get to talk to her a little bit. That was awesome. Um, so she is, you know, one of the the top names in our sport for a reason. And just kind of seeing her not with like, not with her game face on, but kind of her like sit back, relax and fun fish kind of face was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, it was beautiful scenery. And I think I finished 38th out of 44. So, I mean, 
not a not a super stellar showing in the tournament but i really didn't go for the tournament um and i had to remind myself of that a few times flip my kayak and it was fun um stopped to pee and got out put my feet down and instead of the the firm sand and gravel that i was expecting my feet went about went about three or four inches in the in the mud caught me off guard and my my yak went over so fried a camera and um it was it was fun stuff but <laughs> yeah that's uh i saw your your clip on instagram of that and it, it's just one of those things that you do a hundred times and then you know even that three or four inches further that your feet goes down you know it's gonna it's gonna throw you off balance and it just it happens that fast uh, you know, luckily it's warmer outside and, and you were in shallow water, so you can always replace the cameras and stuff. So, um, you know, that's, yeah. that's the good thing. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I will say also, um, I, I did not check, uh, if the, uh, if the Russell Dillon, um, uh, GoFundMe is still up. For the Dillon family, I'll have that link in the show notes. Um, uh, Russell Dillon, who was on the show um, back in its first season, passed away a couple weeks ago, um, and that's been that's been tough on the family, obviously. And uh, so, make sure um, make sure you leave some love there. Uh, you know, the Russell Strong fishing on Instagram is still up and running. Make sure you go leave them some love. Um, and I will say, uh, OmniEfficient is is uh, stepping up a lot in helping me get connected with some stuff for a fundraiser at a school. Um, and also on our merch store, we've still got the the shirt that has the quote from Russell Dillon. The I don't worry about my problem here. I just fish, fish, fish. Um, if you purchase that that shirt from here on out, um, all the proceeds from that shirt go to um, go to the make a wish foundation to send a, to send a kid whose, whose wish is about fishing to send them him and, or send them and their family fishing. So um, if you, uh, if you're looking for a way to, to support the family um, that, that would mean a lot to them. Um, but yeah, let's um, let's go ahead. Let's thank a couple sponsors and, uh, and then we will, um, we'll get our guest introduced. Sounds good. A huge selection and crazy fast shipping is already enough to turn heads as an online tackle shop, but Omnia Fishing sets themselves apart with their ambassador program. With Omnia, you can send in fishing reports for your local lakes that recommend baits, structure, tactics, and gear. And when another angler takes your advice and purchases something from your report, you get credit for it to spend at Omnia. The best part means that with Omnia Fishing, you can shop by lake and purchase baits and gear that are proven to work where you're fishing. To get started, go to omniafishing.com and use promo code FNF15 to save 15% on your first order. Mr. B Lure Company is making high-quality handcrafted lures and has been for 30 years, right here in the U.S. Using all-metal components, owner and gamakatsu hooks and silicone or frog hair skirts mr b is pumping out some awesome spinner baits jigs buzz baits underspins and more 
including some of the most unique bladed jigs on the market. To fill up your tackle box, go to mrblurecompany.com, that's mrblurecompany.com, and use promo code FAITHINFISHINPOD1X10 at checkout to save 10% on your first order. That's FAITH the letter N, FISH the letter N, P-O-D, so Faith and Fish and Pod, just like our Instagram handle, 1X10. All right, so this week um, we are having one of my houseboat mates from the trip uh, to De La Hollow come on. Um, it was one of these uh, one of those times where you know you, you come in and um, you instantly just kind of hit it off with people just because you you've got that common interest already. So it's easy to just kind of spark up a conversation and and let let things build um, and uh, sitting back and listening to this guy. And uh, spoiler alert, if all things go according to plan next week, we'll have the creek crawler on and um, listening to these two guys talk. I was like, man, I am out of my league. I'm going to sit back, listen and learn Um because these guys, these guys know smallmouth extremely well, and the um, and they they know fishing extremely well. So this week we've got Zach Soulier. Um, Zach, did I did I pronounce that right? Yeah, you, you nailed it. Awesome. So uh, you may recognize his name from uh, from watching KFL um, while it was going on, and uh, and just checking out the rosters on these uh, these tournaments that are going on. Uh, he is, uh, he is joining us from all the way from, uh, Michigan. So Zach, man, welcome to the show, brother. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So to get us started, introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us who Zach Soulier is. Uh, yeah, Zach Soulier. Um, just, you know, guy, guy from Northern central Michigan. I mean, yeah, I, I love I love to travel and fish new waters. Um, but at the same time, I love to love to find find the fish all the time on my home lakes. Um, you know, fishing hasn't always been a part of my life. Uh, I played hockey growing up and went to college, played hockey there, and then uh, graduated from graduated from college and realized I didn't have anything anything left to do. Um, just got bored one day and started bank fishing and then realized that the fish were out a little bit further than I could cast from the bank. So I bought a, I think it was just like a sun dolphin sit in kayak and drilled a couple rod holders in it. And five, six years later, we're, we're sitting where we're at now. Absolutely. So he was, uh, he was out in a, in a Hobie PA 14. So quite a step up from the sun dolphin that you can, uh, you can probably poke a hole with your finger in. Um, but (laughs) yeah, man. So, uh, so kind of give us a little bit of, of your, your tournament background. What got you into, into fishing tournaments? Um, so the first time I ever, trying to think back what it actually was um man i had one of my friends um he lived down about an hour downstate from where i'm at and we had a local trail here and they were doing a tournament on a lake that he was pretty familiar with and 
he uh, he invited me and said, "Hey, you know, bring bring I forget what even kayak I had at that time." And um, he's like, "Yeah, bring it down, and you know, you can just kind of follow me around, and we'll find fish." And you know, I got out there, and I, I really wasn't in the mood to follow anybody around that day. I, I kind of wanted to go off and find some of my own stuff, and <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure that the same day we got hit with a hailstorm, um, which was the first time I ever learned about rain gear and how uh, you get cold really fast. Um, luckily at the check-in for that tournament, I ended up winning, I think a pair of Sidewinder NRS bibs. Um, so that was, that was good. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years later, I started doing a lot of the individual stuff, um, made it through the national championship, uh, in 2019, was fortunate enough to go three days there and put up good limits all three days. Um, I ended up in 12th or 13th place final with a big fish on day two. That was, you know, $1,100 fish. So that, you know, to go from not really knowing what I was doing to maybe two, three years later to being on that type of a stage, um, it was just kind of a, a crazy experience um and then the whole kfl thing like you mentioned that was a uh, another whole new aspect to kayak fishing um to get to be on a team with five six seven eight guys that you kind of consider family or almost like a brother to you and even guys that when i first started fishing i i watched their videos and looked up to how they were fishing and um, you know, one of the guys that I fished with was Jeff Fader. First time I ever fished a tournament with him, I was like, man, that guy's good. And, you know, I, I would go through and I'd watch everything, look at all of his pictures. And, and then, you know, six years later, here I am fishing on a team with him. Um, so that, that was a cool experience for me. Um, unfortunately things happen with that league and it's no more, but, it gives me the opportunity to kind of focus on the individual aspect of it for a little bit longer. And I'm hoping to focus on it until at least September. And that's when I got a kid on the way. So, so I'm kind of hoping that uh, I can get most of my stuff done before then. For sure. For sure. And uh, I'm, I know I said this over the weekend, but I'll say it again. Congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. We're all we're all bass anglers here, so you can't drop that you got big fish in a national championship tournament without telling everybody how big it was. So, um, so well, I'll start the story off with uh, what I caught it on. Um, I caught it on a on a yoga pants trd and that is the 100 percent honest truth um it was on Caddo lake throwing it up against the cypress tree and it stuck out at 24 inches and went 10 pounds exactly on the scale wow so i've got a i got a nice replica mount of her hanging on the wall downstairs heck yeah um, man i ever if I ever hit the double digit mark, you can bet there'll be a replica amount of that one too. Yeah. Actually my, my wife got it done for me and kind of gave it to me as a surprise for a birthday gift. Oh, that's awesome. So, but yeah, that was uh it was a fish of a lifetime. I just remember the feeling of after catching it, not being able to fish for about five minutes. Um, the whole, my whole body was just not wanting to work. Um, 
I actually called the tournament director, which at the time was Dwayne, because uh, we were running through Tourney X, and they were also using people from KBF. Um, and I called them, and I was like, you know, I want to make sure that this fish goes through. And the first thing they said to me was, oh, that's a nice little fish. And I was like, you, you got the right fish, right? <laughs> and they're just like, oh, no, yeah, we, we got it. It's a nice one. So... So yeah, it was a it was a great experience, you know, and something that I'll never forget. Um, you know, people struggle their whole life just to get that double digit mark, and to be able to do it within three four years of starting fishing, it was uh, it was a great time. Heck yeah, man! So, um, kind of kind of tell us. So from the outside looking in, you know, we're, we're individual tournament anglers mm -hmm. whenever I'm in a tournament at all. Kind of tell us how the, how the team aspect of it, um, what did you, what did you enjoy about that? How did that, how did, how is that different from the individual, um, all that good stuff? So when we go to an individual tournament, we always put a lot of pressure on ourselves, um, we go out and we pre-fish over and over again, and we don't really ever find some of the times what we're looking for. We go back and, I mean, even when you're in the same house with people, you don't really want to talk about what you find. Um, you don't want to share what bait you're catching fish on. Um, <clears throat> and the whole team aspect what what I got out of that was you 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 didn't have to rely on just yourself anymore. Um, you could go out and with it being the team's best ten fish overall, four guys on the water, you could go a whole tournament without catching a single fish, but your team could win it by carrying everything else. <laughs> or you could be the guy that would go out and catch all ten fish, but the thing that our team that we had up here was really big on was always having communication with each other. The events that our team struggled in were ones that we could never communicate with each other to let each other know, this is the bait that's working. This is what I'm fishing. Hey, even we're at eight fish, we need two more, or we've got to limit our small is a 14 inch fish. Um, that was one of the most relieving feelings is when you had a group chat going and you got that message that said, Hey guys, we're at a limit. Let's keep going. Um, you know, and our team did really well with that right off the start. And, you know, we were the only team other than Indianapolis, I think actually, uh, yeah. Other than Indianapolis and in our region that made it to the playoffs both years, um, unfortunately, both years we went up against a really good Massachusetts Maulers team and they took it to us both years. And, uh, you know, and we will never really get revenge on that because unfortunately that that team aspect is is no more. But, you know, I've got my jersey from it hanging up and that's one of those jerseys that I'm going to I'm going to hold on to because. You know, you, you, as, a, as an adult, we always dream about the idea of being a pro athlete on a, on a sports team. And to be able to have that feeling for a year or two was, was really cool. 
That's awesome. I didn't even think about that aspect of it, um, but you're absolutely right. That's that's something that we. I mean, when I was when I was you know 13 years old, if you asked me what I was going to be when I was going to when I was when I was growing up, I'd tell you straight to your face I was going to be in the NBA. Um, <laughs> now you have to you have to understand. I'm five. I'm five ten. Five ten and a half. I haven't grown an inch since I was 13 years old. So I was, I was at five, 10 and a half at 13 thinking that I was going to be six, seven. Like it was not like, I, I knew that I was going to be in the NBA, but I mean, and you're right that to have that kind of like that be a part of a, of a, of a pro team or uh, like, yeah, I can, yeah. I can definitely understand that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah that, uh, the whole team thing. I mean, we we fish, you know, regular tournaments, but we always fish around a lot of guys that do the mm-hmm. KFL because we have two teams in the Carolinas that are close to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole KFL and the team aspect is, has intrigued me since day one. And, you know, I was one of those people who on the free Saturday mornings, if I did have a free Saturday morning, you know, I'd flip on YouTube and and flip back and forth between the you know the people that were, um, you know that were fishing those tournaments on there. Number mm-hmm. one, because I, it was pretty entertaining, um, because I always knew some of the guys. And number two, um, you can learn a lot from uh, oh, yeah. watching those videos because <laughs> because if I'm editing a YouTube video there's certain things that I may not put in there or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to take out a shot that shows exactly where I'm at. Whereas on the KFL videos, it's a live stream. And a lot of times people are showing more than what they normally would. So it, it's a good yeah. uh, learning, learning tool as well. I always enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and the thing is, is one thing I learned from that is a lot of times people go on YouTube and they watch the edited videos the KFL, when you would go back and you would watch five hours straight of guys fishing, that was the raw, unedited. That's what we have to go through. Yeah. There's days when you go out and you don't catch fish, when you're just not on a good bite. Um, it's not this, oh, I cast and I caught a fish and then I cast right back and I caught another one. That's what you see a lot of the times when you Google bass fishing and then the lake you you don't see the struggles of two hours without a bite and then that being mentally wearing and then guys casting started getting getting screwed up and you know making dumb decisions really and then but then being able to hook one fish and bring it all back or see a teammate hook a fish and have that come back and you know kind of get you going again yeah and the other cool aspect when you were talking about that is I just realized that I had been fishing the wrong kind of tournaments the whole time because you said you could still zero and maybe not catch a fish, but you could still win. So I should have been fishing the team tournaments this whole time to give myself a shot at actually winning. You know, and this this last year, I I had to I think at least one time I put a zero up on the board and our team was still able to win. And um we fished against the Tennessee team up here on Grand Traverse Bay, which, or not, sorry, not Grand Traverse Bay. 
it was Burton Mullet Lake, which is a smallmouth factory. And our team was able to put together a very good limit. And I caught a lot of small fish, but none of my fish contributed to the team score. Um, and it was tough. You know, it was a tough pill to swallow, but knowing at the end of the day that they they had it when I didn't, that was one thing that was really nice. Yeah, for sure. So, so Zach, tell us about your Dale Hollow experience. Whew. All right. So the uh, 10 and a half hour drive down overnight was a long, a long trip. Um, got down there and just kind of wanted to explore a little bit. Just see, I've never been to Dale Hollow before. Um, I got on the water, I think midday Thursday area kind of saw what I was looking for in the area that I went. Water temperatures were clearly going to be higher down there than they are up here. Um, I ended up finding a lot of fish that were back in the cut sitting on beds, which I think a lot of the guys found that too. Um, I left those mainly alone. I did a little more exploring on Friday. Um, I know we had that, that storm come through. And then I went to bed Friday night set three four alarms i don't know and i woke up saturday morning to the sun out my window and realizing that the tournament started a half hour ago so luckily with the way we were staying on the houseboats there we had all of our stuff already on the kayaks we right at the marina um and i was able to pretty much just throw on the clothes and get right out um you know, and it was a struggle to get five fish uh, Saturday. <laughs> I did get five. I think I ended up with like seven or eight um, good bites. And I ended with like 74 and three quarter inches, which for me, that was a win. Um, I Being that I, during pre-fishing, I only caught one fish that was good. And unfortunately, it would have popped. It wouldn't have been big fish on day one but it would have been a nice one to have. I, I caught one fish that was up in the twenties. Um, and then other than that, it was just a lot of 14s. Um, day two came, got really cold. The area I went got really muddy. And when you're bed fishing for largemouth and you can't see more than a foot down in the water, it just doesn't work. Um, I packed up, with the intention of kind of heading north and trying to see what the lake looked like further north. Um, I got to a spot that was all the way up, basically almost to the Kentucky border. And I turned in, looked at the water and just kind of realized that it was, it wasn't in the cards that, that day. I mean, I was already pushing, I think 1030. So about two and a half hours left to fish and I had zero on the board and I was already an hour or so north, and I kind of just told myself, I'm going to start my drive home. Um, you know, and told the guys from Paddle and Finn, messaged them, and thanked them for the great tournament. Um, told them that I plan on being back next year, and I plan on, plan on learning the other side of the lake from where I was, because that seemed to be the main lake, was seemed to be where the action was. Um, and I know, yeah, I... It's a beautiful area. Um, as a guy that's afraid of, terrified of snakes, and I love Michigan for the fact that I don't have snakes, um, I only had to see a couple. Had my first run-in with a timber rattler. 
Um, luckily, he wanted to stay on shore, and I, I was stay- fine with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful area, a great time. I wish the weather would have cooperated a little bit better with us, but at the end of the day, it was def- it was a trip worth the 20 hours worth of driving that I put in. For sure. Shout out to Robert Knoll, who... <laughs> Man, what a what a paycheck he took home because he won the tournament, which was like what twenty one, twenty two hundred dollars. Something and like then that. He won. He won big bass both days, which I think was what twenty four hundred dollars each day. Yep. Um, and I think he won. Uh, he won an extra two hundred dollars for being the top Tennessee guy. Um, I, I also saw he had what two twenty one and a half on day two. Yeah. One largemouth and one smallmouth. Yeah. I mean, shout out to him. He came in and he said, I am not letting somebody who's not from Tennessee win um, this tournament. And he he whooped up on everybody. Yes, he did. So shout out to him. Um, but yeah, I uh I had a very similar uh Sunday morning. I it was it was muddy. I went I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go up here. They've been telling me they they call it spots up here. I'm going to go try and get my spot and uh went and caught two spots on a on a DT16. The biggest one was 11 and a half and the smallest one I I don't know what it was thinking going after a DT16 cuz it was not much bigger than that DT16. Um but uh so I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and head in. There was rumors of biscuit biscuits and gravy. So I'm going to go uh, see if I can find some of those biscuits and gravy. Did you like, ever find those by the way? It, okay. Cause I asked and they, th- so the guy I talked to said he didn't know anything about them. So that's when I just left and went North. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I went in and all the paddle and fin guys were, were there eating breakfast. So I, I grabbed some breakfast and ate with them. So that was that was pretty pretty awesome to to kind of um, just kind of be there and and give them mm-hmm. a hard time and let them give me a hard time and um yeah I, I will say Robert I did have a a really funny you're not from around here moment on my way into Tennessee <laughs> I stopped at uh stopped at Bass Pro to get my fishing license a guy asked me what kind. I looked him dead in the face, said freshwater. <laughs> and I was wearing my Carolina water shirt. And he kind of looked at my shirt and kind of rolled his eyes, said, son, you're in Tennessee. <laughs> it's all freshwater. I was like, oh, yeah, you don't have you don't have salt water over here, do you? He said, not that you can fish in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the thing about, you know, out here is you know you can go to a lake one day you can go surf fish one day you can go offshore and uh you know it really kind of puts you in a conundrum of what to do some days or you know for the weekend or whatever but it's it's a great problem to have um and if you want a longer drive you can go up to the mountains and catch some trout yep that's Mm -hmm. right yeah and i was was thinking about that on my way home i was thinking you know more tournaments need to do a 10-hour tournament on Saturday, and then a 6 to noon on Sunday. So that way we can get our drive started early. That way you still got 16 hours on the water, but you get you get to be off by that midday bite. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that too, because the, um, uh, last year I drove to Toledo Bend and it was like 16 hours. And when I was done the second day on Sunday, Mm -hmm. I didn't even go to the weigh-in, which I, I really hated to miss. I wasn't in contention by any means, but, as soon as I loaded my kayak up, I just started back east and started driving home. Uh, and I think a lot of people do that too, but I, mm-hmm. I also hate that people miss that, you know, the way in and the final kind of like, I don't know, I have more fun at those things than I do actually fishing. Mm-hmm. I think the camaraderie and, and being around people like minds, um, you know, I really enjoy that. But, you know, that's that's a good idea. Uh, for that second day, that Sunday, to do a, something that ends at, you know, start at 6 a.m., end at 12, and then, you know, have your way in and stuff maybe at 1, one thirty, and everybody can be on their way. Um, yeah. But uh, it was a great turnout for that. Um, I know they, they built on what they had the year before. Um, hopefully, I'll make it I'll make it down there. Uh, and and that, that's a really – it's a really niche I like to call Nietzsche Lake, but when you figure uh-huh. out how to catch them, um, it, it can be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's <laughs> there's some tricks to the to those Tennessee boys. We're going to keep close <laughs> to the vest, I'm sure. So, even even sitting at a table and talking to Christine, I mean, I she she was saying to us that, and you made this comment about her not having her game face on, and I've I've seen her at national championships and Hobie BOSs and it was it was weird it was almost weird to me to see her in a different sense of like being very like that super this is just what I'm gonna I'm here to have fun um and it was really cool to see and like having her tell us that you know she was only catching them on one bait and telling us oh I'll give you the bait you know and I'm like I, I don't even know where you're at. Like I haven't even been that way on the lake. So, you know, but it was really cool just, and, and there were a couple other guys there that I knew from kind of the national level of, you know, even just seeing their names on a couple month longs up at the top and things like that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was, it was just a lot, a lot more of a laid back experience. You know, even, even the local stuff that I fish up here, you know, it was uh, it was even more laid back. It felt like than that, and the dinner yeah. Saturday was amazing. You know, I went back with a full stomach on Saturday night, and uh, you know, that was it. It was a very good experience, and like I said, I'm looking forward to coming back again next year. My wife wants to go this time, and she's like, I saw all the pictures, and I want to be a part of that. Yeah, that that area uh, that you were in, kind of that between middle Tennessee and East Tennessee, uh, it doesn't get any prettier than what, what a lot of those places right through there are. And, mm-hmm. and that's that, that just scratches the surface where you guys are at. There's a lot, a ton mm-hmm. of cool places, um, between Nashville and Knoxville. Um, I got to see a lot because so on my way there, my GPS took me through Asheville so I went through Knoxville and went up that way. And on the way back, it took me through Boone. So I went through the top of Tennessee. Yeah. And I mean, it was Zach, the road that we took to get into Dale Hollow, that twisty, turny road. Mm-hmm. It was that until I got to Boone, North Carolina. <laughs> Man, that, 
That was that would be rough. I hit 75 going north, and I was just like, thank you. (laughs) Then I had to drive through Ohio, which, you know, the creek crawler, he'll tell you, is real beautiful. But (laughs) (laughs) so I mean, I hit 321 and like around Watauga Lake, it goes around Mm -hmm. every finger of the lake. And it's like, oh my gosh, I've seen this lake 15 times now. I thought I was leaving it. Why am I following it? But it was funny. Like you go through Tennessee and there's like the chain, like the chain fencing up against the rocks on the side of the road and everything. There's signs that say fallen rocks. There's like signs that's like sharp turn 15 miles an hour. The speed limit is 35. You hit the North Carolina border on the same road. Nothing changes. Speed limit is 55. There's no other signs. (laughs) It's just a good luck. A good luck sign. <laughs> right. All right, Zach. So um, I definitely wanted to to hit on faith as well. Um, I noticed uh, throughout the weekend you were wearing your cross necklace. Yep. Um, so I wanted to kind of get your, your faith story. What is it that you mm-hmm. believe in and how you came to believe that? So to me, you know, I, I'm one of these. My family never grew up going to church every Sunday. Um, we, we were a hockey family, so we were basically in a different state traveling every weekend. And so I really didn't find much in my faith until after I met, I met my wife. She was one that, that her family went to church every Sunday. Um, and kind of being, being around her, um, I, I started going. Um, I had a couple things happen in my life that it seemed like on every Sunday, that would be what the message was about. Um, and it hit pretty hard at some points. Um, at a time where I think my dad was going through some heart surgery and like stents and everything. And basically talking about losing, losing a family member and how we can move on from that. And it was just like, I, I felt like somebody called ahead. And, and told them what, what they needed to say. And it just, it hit home. And so I started going. Um, and then, you know, I, I started doing a lot more fishing. And one thing that I, I've learned in, in my own, in my own feeling is <clears throat> I always, I, I heard the song one time that uh, I think it's, I forget, it's a country song about I'd rather be on the lake with my mind on God than be in church thinking about fishing. And uh, it, to me, whenever I go fishing, that is the closest that I feel. Um, because you're you're in his creation. You get to see all of the beautiful things that we as anglers and as as basically just people living on this earth get to experience. Um, I actually told her at one point, I wanted to start a Sunday kayak church group where we just go out on the lake and, and we, we do, we hold a church service on the lake. Um, and then we're out there. But um, one thing I've noticed over the past couple of years is if I don't get to, say my my prayer that i do before i fish i i don't i'm my head's not right like i don't feel like i'm on the water doing what i need to do um 
St. Clair, the tournament that we had up here prior to coming down to Dale Hollow, <laughs> that was one that I got out to my spot early. I had about 15 minutes to sit there. And probably for about 15 minutes, I, I just sat there and <laughs> just thought about all the all the things that have changed over the court or over the last couple of years in my life. And a lot of thanks to just kind of having that faith that no matter what happens, there's always going to be it. it, it everything's happening for a reason, um, you know, from just finally moving out to where I am to having a kid on the way after numerous years of kind of saying I didn't want one. Um, we had some foster kids that fell into our home and we, we helped, we were with them for about four or five months and now they're living with the family that's adopting them. Um, you know, so everything that's happened in our lives and my life has led to this point of, you know, now I, I feel like I'm ready to have a kid of my own and I can go out and do these tournaments and know that the best part about, <coughs> I'm sorry, the best part about doing them is, is getting to come home to my family and making sure that, you know, I'm not, I'm not just safe on the water, but knowing that when I say that prayer in the morning, it's not just for me, it's for everybody else on that water and hoping that they get home safe to their family. And, uh, that even if we don't find fish that we can, you know, find something out of that day. Heck yeah, man. All right. So with all of our guests, we always ask, uh, a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, uh, Robert, you want to hit the first one? Um, yeah, let me see if I it's been so long since I asked the questions. I'll probably mess it up, but we'll we'll give it a shot. Um when you are um out on the water, what's your typical conversations? So for me, a lot of the times I I talk to myself quite a bit on the water. And I actually so I had a grandfather that passed away when I was four years old, I want to say it was, and I never really got to like experience being around him much. Um, I never got to let him see, you know, me become a fisherman and a hunter and a, a father in the future here. But my dad has always told me like, that's exactly how he was. Like he would be super proud of who I am. And I've actually caught myself having conversations that feel like I'm talking to him on the water. Um, and usually it's more on the lines of me venting to him <laughs> and just realizing that I'm talking to myself really loud and there's people looking at me probably thinking I'm crazy, but also at the same time, it's, it's more just asking, you know, every now and then you get to that point where you're just like, show me, show me a sign. Show, you know, show me, show me a fish jump or a bird land and, and, point me in a direction that I can, I can do the work, but you can show me where to go. Cool. That's awesome. Um, what, uh, what fishing story or memory means the most to you? Um, fishing story or memory. Well, I mean, it's, it, it is hard to beat a 10 pound largemouth from Cattle Lake, but my, uh, 
my wife is actually a great fisher woman and she just does she doesn't compete at the level she doesn't enjoy the competition level she she goes just more for fun um but my favorite memories of that is every time that she's gone out right behind me and caught a fish bigger than I've caught. <laughs> um, actually, we, like I said, we had a tournament up here last night and out of the 13 guys that were in this tournament, me, her, and two other guys were the only two that caught or the only four that caught limits. And, you know, so she, she can fish and it makes me like, it, it makes me proud to know that I, I taught her some, but she's learned the rest. Because I'm not going to sit there and just kind of teach her, but she's taking the time to watch how I catch things and watch what I throw and knowing that she is just as good on any given day as I am, but just doesn't want to put in the effort. That's so. awesome. All right, man. Uh, well, we are uh, going to move into our What's Your Favorite segment. We do that mm-hmm. with every guest. It's self-explanatory. We're going to ask your favorite in a few different categories, and we will get that started right after this. All right. If finesse fishing is your comfort zone, something you want to learn better this year, or just something you like to tie on as a Hail Mary pass, Jade's Jigs has everything you need and more, and it's all eco-friendly and lead-free. With an awesome selection of baits and colors, they've got a variety of techniques covered for you. Finesse jigs, underspins, Nico weights, Ned rigs, and more are all waiting for you at jaysjigs.com. And while you're there, use promo code FNF10 for 10% off your purchase. That's jaysjigs.com and promo code FNF10 for 10% off. If a fly rod is your weapon of choice, check out Atollis. Their fly caddy is the most convenient way to get your favorite flies to the water or just keep them handy by clipping it to your hat, truck visor, backpack, rod case, or just whatever. You can also bundle it up with flies from independent fly tires that Atollis has teamed up with through their Fly Light project. Choose from bundles specializing in redfish, carp, saltwater, or freshwater. Head over to atolas.co, that's A-T-O-L-L-A-S dot C-O, to get your fly caddy today and use promo code FAITHINFISH15 to save 15% on your order. That's FAITH, the letter N, FISH, the number 1-5 at checkout for 15% off. All right, Robert, you ready? Oh, yeah, let's roll. Awesome. So, Zach, what is your favorite scripture? Ooh, you know, I, you know, it's really hard for me to say I have a favorite because I have favorite, I have a favorite quote, um, that it's the, where you go, I'll go and where you stay, I'll stay. Um, I don't really, it's hard to say that there's a favorite scripture, um, only because every single one, it can mean so many different things to so many people. Um, but just knowing, you know, the one, that's kind of the quote that me and my wife have. And I always tell her that, you know, the best part for me about fishing is coming home. And whether or not I win or lose, coming home to her, our dogs, and my future kid, you know, that's, that's what I want. 
Absolutely. I, uh, I, on Sunday, uh, I was like, you know, I need some extra encouragement. I'm going to throw on my, my Russell strong fishing performance shirt. It's going to give me that, that motivation to like really go at it hard and fish hard. And I put it on and it was like, what this really is motivating me to do right now is go home and see my family. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a big, big part of me, me leaving early um, was that, that like that push to like, you know, this, this is what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I will say it, it helped push me that direction that it was, you know, 35 degrees, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, last night it got cold on us and, you know, like I said, it was nice to see her out there 50 yards away from me, pushing through a cold tournament with me. And, you know, that, that's the thing again, it was, you know, knowing that she was out there, it almost made, it makes me fish harder when I see her, and know that she's on the water with me or like, you know, just knowing that she's watching the leaderboard. And like, that was one thing with the KFL that was so cool is having her family and her and my family right there watching no matter where I was at in the country. Yeah, for sure. But what about um, on next on your uh, favorites, what's your favorite Bible story? I mean, can I, can I say the one or, uh, uh, I can't I'm trying to think of the names here. Oh man, you guys are really hitting me with these because it, it, a lot of them <laughs> for me, it, it's more on the lines of knowing kind of what they are. But again, it's been, hang on, I'm, I'm actually, I'm sitting here trying to Google the one that I'm thinking of right now because I can't remember my name or the name that I want to throw out here. Um, but if you have another question, can I come back to that one so I can get it right? Absolutely. Okay. Your favorite fish to catch. Uh, um, I mean, obviously large mouth, um, small mouth are going to be right there with them. And then after that, we get a lot of Northern pike up here. And they're fun to catch, but I don't, I don't like catching them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, what about your favorite fish to fish for? So the actual, you know, to, to try to trick them into biting. The favorite to trick, I would say, I would say it would be smallmouth because they are so finicky. Um, and like one thing we were talking about down st- or down in Tennessee, there is I had to restring a couple of my rods because going from St. Clair to Dale Hollow, if you have less than if you have more than like six to eight pound test on your line, those fish will see it and they won't bite. Um, and also, you know, just knowing that um, that your bait has to almost be perfect to what they're looking for. Um, but, uh, so to go back, I, f- I found the one that I was talking about or thinking about here. It was uh, Psalm 88 about trusting God through pain. 
um, being a, like I said, a sport athlete and then going into fishing, I've carried a lot of being able to go through pain. Um, I've had uh, two knee surgeries and I'm only 32 years old or well, I'll be 32 this year. Um, there are days on the water where my leg just does, my legs don't want to work. Um, but knowing that being able to push through that and then the pain of a 10 hour drive going down, coming home to see your family and knowing you're in that last hour's worth of a drive and it's just about sunset and being able to push through and know that what you're looking for is on the other end of that drive. Yeah. Awesome. So what is your favorite fish to eat? Uh, I would, I would say a good, uh, a good perch up this way is, is, is hard to, it's hard to beat. How do you like it cooked? I like a fried perch. Hey, yeah, you, fry, you fry them whole or uh, you fillet them? I fillet, I fillet them when I catch them. I have caught or I have gone to one restaurant that has fried them whole. Um, the only other time, only other fish I've really ever eaten is walleye and then uh, mahi. I've eaten that a couple times and you know, I'm not a huge fan of that. Okay. It's, it, it's good, but it's got to be cooked right. <laughs> I agree. So, uh, what about uh, when you're fishing? What are you usually snacking on? What's your favorite fishing snack? When I take snacks, I would say some type of Pringles, some type of chips. Um, I find it very hard to take snacks with me when I fish. Um, let alone even sometimes a drink. Um, I had a water bottle out there with me on Dale Hollow that I didn't even open the whole day Saturday. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the times I just kind of get in the, in the zone of fishing and I forget that I brought anything with me. Um, but yeah, every now and then if I do take snacks, it's some type of chips or something that has some flavor, but you know, I isn't going to spill if it rolls around the kayak. <clears throat> I hear you. Yeah. I, um, I think it was, I think it was Saturday. I took one of those, uh, one of those box lunches that they, uh -huh. uh, they were advertising and man, that was a lot of food. I've never eaten that much on the water before. I've never mm -hmm. eaten vegetables on the water. That's for sure. <laughs> it was, it was like a turkey and cheese sandwich, a bag of chips, um, a handful of grapes, an orange, um some cucumbers a big thing of broccoli um carrots like a handful of carrots and a like big pack of chocolate wafer cookies and that's that's almost too much <laughs> it was it it was too much it was good it was good um i mean an orange on the water is like it'll give you that big surge of energy for a minute but uh, oh it also came with a thing of ranch I, I tell you what, I felt, I felt bougie sitting there dipping my chips and ranch on the water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about getting one, but man, I just, like I said, I, I forget about food up on the water. Um, you know, and a lot of the times I just, 
I, I don't get hungry on the water, but then I'm starving as soon as I get off. Right. <clears throat> All right. So I don't need GPS coordinates or secret spots or anything, but what's your favorite body of water to fish? So everybody in Michigan is going to be mad at me when I say this. Um, it's not Lake St. Clair. It's not Grand Traverse Bay and it's not Saginaw Bay. It's the lake that we fished last night. Um, it's Ross Lake in Gladwin County. Um, it's about seven to eight minutes from my house. And it's the one lake in the area that within, I would say within an hour of me, within about 45 minutes to an hour, that holds smallmouth and largemouth. Um, it's three rivers that come into one. It's got a dam on one end and it's got actually four rivers, but one of them is just a, two cuts of the same river. Um, we went out last night and everybody was thinking it was going to be smallmouth. And I found one little pocket that held 50 degree water temperatures and started catching uh, large mouths on a bladed jig. And I think I caught one five minutes in and kept upgrading ever since, you know, since I, since the tournament started. But yeah, so that, that would be probably my favorite spot. Now, if you went second, third, fourth, it would be Lake St. Clair coming in at second and Saginaw Bay coming in at third. All right. And if you ever come up to St. Clair, I'll get you onto some smallmouth. I told you I'll take you out there. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. yeah. You got to take him up on that. Mm -hmm. Which uh, which questions are left, Cam? Um, I think it's just the two. Um, so what what's your favorite lure to throw? <laughs> uh, I would say a Ned Rig, only because – I am a. I, I feel like I'm more of a finesse fisherman, um, but I would have a close second being a bladed jig. Um, I just I feel very confident with a a bladed jig, or you know, a lot of people just call them chatter baits up here. I'm trying to get myself to call them bladed jigs more often because I don't sound very smart when I go down south and call them a chatter bait. <laughs> um, I feel like everybody down there is calling them a bladed jig, so. Throwing that, I do feel a lot of confidence. Um, but my that aren't Z man. <laughs> my my overall confidence bait would be a Ned rig, maybe even a drop shot. But usually that drop shot still got some type of Ned bait, you know, some type of real small TRD or something on it. I hear you. And uh, last but not least, what is your favorite time of year to fish? Fall, September and October. Okay. I was going to ask up there, does fall mean July? But <laughs> So our seasons, I, I think we talked a little bit about this. Our seasons can vary so much up here. Um, you know, we get the full summer fall winter spring winter again spring again winter again and then straight to summer um you know so right now i think we're in third winter um so summer should be right around the corner but uh you know it's fall to me is just that time of year when just every fish is being active um i mean spring you're gonna get a lot of big fish 
but fall is when you you get the abundance of fish and they're usually pretty good sized um i don't really fish much in the winter i'm more of a, a hunter um just because I, I i don't find ice fishing enjoyable um and then come spring i'm usually chasing smallmouth and as soon as i see 50 degree water temperatures i'm i'm looking for green fish cool. i hear you all right, man. Well, we're going to start wrapping things up. Uh, what is coming up next for Zach Soulier? Uh, I got a couple local tournaments and uh, just trying to get through the last part of the school year up here. I, I started teaching a little bit and I, I'm done here in May. And after May 31st, I'm open until September. And so I'll be I'll be doing a little bit here and there. I maybe plan on doing one or two more longer travel events, um, but mainly just doing some local stuff. Our Michigan Trail has a tournament coming up here, I want to say, in a week and a half. Um, so I may jump in that, but it's on a lake that I just don't have a lot of experience on, and I'm not really going to have time to pre-fish it. So so we're we're not really sure. All right, and go ahead and and plug your socials if our listeners want to uh, follow your follow along with your adventures. How do they find you? Uh, Facebook is just going to be my name, um, and then Instagram is really the only other one I use, and that's going to be the Great Lakes Yak Fisher. Um, but Great is spelt G R T. So if you search my name, you you can find either one of them. Um, and that's, you know, those are really the only two that I use. All right. And uh, I want to give you an open floor to shout out any sponsors, supporters, anybody want to say thank you to. Yeah. Um, first one for me would be Fireball Outdoor Products. Uh, it hooks me up with a lot of my, my jigs, my bladed jigs, anything I need. He's out of Ohio. I've got Stretching Lines Angler Gear out of, I know he's on the East Coast. I don't remember exactly where he's at, but he's up by uh, Boston. And then uh, I got Robohawk, which is a lanyard tether company, um, Wu Tungsten, and Strictly Sail has always been there for me anytime I need anything for the kayak. Um, let me see. Make sure I'm not make sure I'm not missing any here. Hang on. Um, and then the only other one is I got a local, uh, my local car dealer here in Gladwin, Michigan, uh, Richardson Automotive. They hooked me up this year, helping me out with travel expenses. Um, also, they uh, anytime I need oil changes, they're making sure that my truck is ready to go for any trip that I decide to take. So, you know, I appreciate them. And I know, you know, I'm doing everything I can to send people their way to buy a new truck. Heck yeah. So. All right, man. Well, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, mm -hmm. I have enjoyed and uh, enjoyed it, and I, I miss you, man. Yeah, hey, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. You know, just getting to meet you for a couple of days. I mean, I can tell you're a great guy, and you know, like I said, I, I'd love to. If you if you know you're going to a tournament that's out towards the Kentucky Tennessee area, you let me know, and I'll see if we can. I can head down that way and we can meet up and share a place together again. Heck yeah, man. So, but all right, well, I'll be watching next weekend when you get uh, Brian on here.
So. Thank you, man. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Few things ruin your day on the water as bad as losing gear. But with the retrieval devices for fishing rods, action cams, bow fishing bows, and more from Savior Outdoors, you don't have to let dropping your stuff ruin your day because you can get it back. The pressure-sensitive filter keeps water from rain and quick dips in the water out, but it lets water in when your gear goes overboard to release a float attached to your gear by 60 feet of line so you can get it back. Go to SaveYourOutdoors.com to learn more and try some for yourself. And use promo code FNFP15 to save 15% on your order. That's SAVURoutdoors.com and promo code FNFP15. Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle is one of the largest canoe, kayak, and cycling retailers in the southeast with a huge selection of kayaks, canoes, bikes, and all the accessories needed to experience paddling and cycling comfortably and safely. Get Outdoors helps to expand and educate the paddling community through their free demos held on local lakes in the Greensboro, North Carolina area and through in-store clinics and on-the-water courses and demos. And we'll even get your new boat rigged up for kayak fishing for you. Stop by the shop in Greensboro, North Carolina, or check out shopgetoutdoors.com to be wowed by their selection. Another huge thank you to Zach for coming on the show and sharing his story with us. His links will be in the show notes, so make sure you go follow along. Um, Robert, man, uh, what what's your takeaway from this one? Yeah, man, it sounds like you guys had a big time uh, down in Tennessee, and uh, you know, I think that's that's a great event um, and a good thing that Paddling Finn's doing. I think anybody that's kayak fishing has, uh, well, I won't say anybody, but most people uh, who are into podcasts especially have followed along with those guys and, and their different shows. And I think they really help propel, you know, the sport forward and to to have that where you can go meet those guys, go meet other people that are, are listening to the podcast and, and to be at such a great lake, um, you know, it, it's pretty awesome. And uh, like I said, hopefully next year I can get there, but it sounds like you guys had a great time. Heck yeah, man. It was funny. Um, whenever I decided to head back in and, and seek out, seek out biscuits and gravy, um, I, I went past the, the ramp on the marina there and, uh, and Zach was taken out at the exact same time I was. So we came to the, we came to the decision at the same time and, and made it, made it there. But yeah, it was, it was a beautiful lake and, um, it was, it was a great time. And I, I'm ashamed to say that I did let my, let some of my misfortunes get to me a little bit and, and get frustrated on my, uh, um, my, my practice day. And that's whenever I, I flip my kayak, the brakes on my, my chatterbait, uh, real busted. And, uh, so I, I had a few things that I was like, I, it just, it got to me and then, you know, I kind of recalibrated, went out Saturday, caught a couple of fish real early and, um, was like, got, got kind of back on track. And then, um, 
saw saw the level of competition that I was up against, and I was like, you know what, <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's one one thing that you know I definitely got a big dose of last year going to some of the national events is, um, you know, the level there's you know all those people are going to catch fish no matter what lake that they go to. And, you know, there's some people like that around us too, that fish in our local clubs, you see the same names up there every, you know, every other weekend, you know, the, the top 10 just shuffle around and they can catch fish on every lake we go to. And, uh, you know, so it can be discouraging, but at the same time, you know, it is, you know, I know I checked the leaderboard around lunchtime and, and saw that you had a couple and, you know, it is fun on those days where it falls into place. Um, and, you know, each time you go, I found myself learning a ton uh, traveling to those tournaments and it just makes you better and, and builds you into a better angler. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, and then you have those days like I did two weeks ago and I I thought I had a pretty good game plan for Macintosh and I swear I had one bite, but I think it was probably a bluegill. Um, and I watched people catch fish where I was at. Uh, so that's, that's kind of frustrating as well. You know, um, you can see people catching fish. So I was around fish. I just wasn't, uh, you know, executing the way that, that those anglers were. So, yeah, uh, you know, it may take a step back and and recalibrate, and uh, you know that that's what makes it fun too, though. Because if you went and you caught them every time, you know it wouldn't be as special when you did have those great days. Uh, right. So you got to take the good with the bad. And speaking of great days, another shout out to Robert Knoll. So his two day total one hundred and ninety seven inches and fi- uh, and a half, one hundred ninety seven point five. Second place was 182. Yeah, he crushed it. He had a phenomenal tournament. But, anyways, man, uh, you want to uh, you want to close us out in prayer? Sure, sure, no problem. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for uh, allowing us to um, uh, have Zach on and uh, share those uh, stories about uh, trips and uh, share his stories about the faith. Uh, please let us uh, be great examples for you. Uh, please give us the strength to work on our relationship with you daily and to build relationships in our lives that will bring other people closer to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, man. You want to sign us out? Yeah, man. We'll see you guys next week. Get ready for the creek crawler, right? That's right. If everything goes according to plan. (laughs) All right. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing the story behind that. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Faith and Fishing podcast. Faith and Fishing is produced and hosted by Cam Steele and Robert Randolph and is sponsored by Savior Outdoors, Jay's Jigs, Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle, Mr. B. Lure Company, Atolas, and Omnia Fishing. Don't forget to join the Facebook community. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever app you're listening on. That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care and God bless.